All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Newbie Photographer Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It is good to have you here. Happy holidays to those of you, well, to everybody out there. Uh, I know that everybody's holidays might look a little bit different, how you celebrate, what you celebrate. Uh, but nonetheless, happy holidays to everybody. I hope that you're planning on some time with friends and family this weekend. Uh, I'm certainly going to be doing just that. But I'm, I'm honestly really excited to not only kind of go into this conversation, this episode today before the Christmas season, but then before the New Year's as well. This is actually going to be the last episode that we do for 2022 for both the Newbie Podcast and the Boca Podcast. And it's a really good one too. So I'm going to introduce my brand new guest here in just a second. But before I do, just a quick reminder for anybody who might be watching live with us today, make sure to jump into the conversation, share your thoughts. You can comment, ask questions along the way. This is a really, really important topic. It's not discussed enough in the industry. So don't hesitate to chime in. And then for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, don't be shy. Come and join us. If you follow us at Newbie Podcast, our podcast, excuse me, N-O-O-B-I-E podcast on Instagram. You can keep up to date with the upcoming live stream schedule and come be part of this show. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I want to introduce a brand new guest on the show today. Josh Navarro is here with me. Josh, thanks so much for doing the show, man. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, Nathan. Happy holidays. Glad I was be able to do this with you guys today. Yeah, no, no. And I said this to you before the show, and I, and I, I mean it as, as genuinely and sincerely as I can. I'm, I'm stoked. This is a privilege for me as well. <laughs> this is a conversation that, um, as you and I talked about briefly before we got started, it's not a topic that's really discussed enough in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times when we talk about this concept, and for anybody who's listening or, or watching, if you haven't seen the title yet, we're going to be talking about the concept of brand position today. And Josh has been gracious enough to come on the show and allow us to talk about his photography business and what he intends to do and then talk about brand position in light of that. But Josh, I, I think brand position, um, in most cases, if it's ever brought up in a conversation in the photography industry, it's probably more likely that they're going to use a phrase uh, or even the acronym UVP, Unique Value mm. Proposition. Is that something that you've heard before? Never. First okay. Time. And even that's not as not super commonplace, but nonetheless, this is a really important topic. There are a lot of photographers in not only the American market, but of course internationally as well. And as a result, we have a bit of a challenge on our hands, which is to stand out amidst that very busy marketplace, right? I mean, have you looked at your local marketplace and seen, got an idea of roughly how many photographers are there? Uh, we're about a good 25 to 50 deep here in the uh, New England area. so competition is very tight around here. Yeah. Well, and we're going to talk about that because I took some time yesterday to, to go through and, and just, I did a, a basic Google search of your local marketplace just to see who was out there, what they're saying, what they're doing. Um, it is a pretty deep uh, competition, if you will. There are a lot of photographers in the area who are competing for business. And uh, as a result, to, to my original point, one of the things that we can do to more effectively stand out is to establish a clear and distinct brand position. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like here in just a little bit. But I, I'd love to let our listeners get to know you a little bit. I want to get to know you a little bit. Um, so on that note, let's just let's just kind of start at the top. What are what are the kind of the top three reasons, even just one or two reasons that you even wanted to get into the photography business in the first place? That's a really good question. Um, it's like to make a long story short, it's all started back in high school in 2007. Uh, my director, Mr. Kelly, shout out to him. He saw that I had a good eye for picture taking and photography, and he was like, "Hey, you should take this seriously." And like a, a knucklehead, I was like, "Nah, bro, I'm good." <laughs> but um, what brought me now, after 10 years later, to, in 2017, taking it a little bit more professionally, is like it's the ability to be my own schedule yeah. uh, owner be able to travel and be able to meet amazing good people. I think those are like the three big reasons why I fully started to take photography much, much more seriously than I was before. I hear you on that. There is something, um, I guess, really that probably the deepest appeal for most entrepreneurs, which is that that desire for the freedom and the Mm -hmm. control of being your own boss. Uh, of oh, course, yeah. there's a lot of responsibility and potential stress that comes with that, too. But ultimately, that, that idea of I get to choose my own schedule, I get to determine how I spend my time, what mm-hmm. I spend 
my time doing in order to make money, to make a living. And then I also hopefully have the flexibility to be able to, to take time off, to travel, to go see and do things that I want to. It goes beyond just sitting in front of a computer and working all the time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just more than just behind behind the lens. It's just the it's the experience. And I, I just only have tasted just a little bit of what that is. And I know there's so much more out there, yeah. not only for myself, but for all of us who are in this beautiful profession. Well, and I'll just go ahead and I'm going to give away a little bit here and we're going to dig into this in more detail in just a little bit. But you've got a really cool opportunity, even just looking at your marketplace. And we're going to talk about what that marketplace is here in just a second. But most photographers in that marketplace are not being super clear and distinct in establishing their particular brand position. It's kind of vague Ooh. and generalized, which means that you're in an inter interesting position as you're really trying to, to get your business launched and off the ground to position mm -hmm. yourself very clearly as a particular thing. And because most of the photographers in your marketplace are being so general in the way they communicate what their brand is about, mm -hmm. you can kind of, you've got your, your choosing, your pick, um, which is really cool. So we'll talk about that here. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. But go ahead and share what marketplace, what area you're based in. Of course, I'm in, in the beautiful city of Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, it's the New England area in the East Coast where, you know, only the toughest mind and the beautiful heart could survive, especially during the wintertime. Um, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're right we're right in between Boston and Connecticut, New Jersey. So it's uh, New York, excuse me. So it's much, a lot of flexibility for us to not only focus on our hometown, but mm. also be, venture out in different locations. Which is cool. Yeah, you're, you're in an absolutely incredible position to be able to yeah. work in some of these larger markets around you as well. And yet be in probably one of the more beautiful areas of the country. It does get cold. I, we were, we're kind of freaking out here this morning because I think it got down to like, seven degrees or something like that what's it like right oh, there uh bro we're kind of blessed right now we're in the 20s okay <laughs> okay it's warm there <laughs> yeah well because there was a storm coming by so we were like oh no is it is it snow is what is it rain so far it's rain heavy wind but we're in the 20s so uh my condolences to you guys and hopefully <laughs> you enjoy the hot cocoa yeah it was it's pretty intense this morning uh i think well, it said 10 degrees when I went to the gym this morning, and then I think it actually dropped below that um, afterwards. So, yeah, a little crazy, but it's an anomaly here. Normally, it's not so cold, fortunately. But speaking of that, though, I'm curious, does, does the and maybe this is kind of an obvious question, but does the temperature, the seasons there, does that kind of drive when you can do photography and even what type of photography uh, photographers in the area tend to offer? Yeah, it, more to your second part of the question is like what type of uh, shots I would like to do because of, unfortunately when it comes to the outdoor it's really hard to um, have clients or models or muse to be able to go outside and try to take these poses within a certain time frame you know usually you know a uh, 10 shot would be about what five ten minutes of us behind the lens trying to make sure we got the right lighting and everything so it it's more of like it prevents us of doing more outdoor, okay. but it also makes us more hungry to be in the studio, try to bring people in, try to convince owners to be like, hey, I, your guy to bring not only eyes to my business, but also to your business mm -hmm. and try to build that network. So um, it, it's, it, it gets tough out here. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. But but it's interesting because it does set you up for something that, from what I understand, you're already beginning to do. So go ahead and share with our audience what type of photography or photographic services you're currently offering. Uh, of course. Uh, currently, I'm offering a studio portrait at the Collaborative Club studio. That's where I'm based uh, at the moment. As well, I've been um, providing service for live venues. So uh, those who are poor... Uh, Poets, excuse me, uh, bands, um, those who just need, you know, some uncanny shots. I'm your guy. I'm the person that they usually call. And, okay. you know, I really enjoy this type of environment, to be honest with you. And that's really part of my origin story is like I grew up in the church and they never had photographer during those type of services. So I usually bring out my camera and start taking photos and people okay. start to be impressed with that work and it amazingly it translates perfectly out of the church community mm -hmm. and more out in you know all the events that happen here in, uh, in rhode island and around new england 
Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I grew up in the church as well. My, my parents were in ministry. I grew up overseas. I spent part of my, my childhood overseas as well. Nice. So I know that environment very well. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know that I really ever noticed cameras much in that environment either. So no. you've had an interesting opportunity to be able to take your camera even to the church and, and kind of get your start there. Um, you could call me a little bit of a daredevil because okay. like, I, uh, what inspired me was this uh, person, if she's watching, um, her name is Anna de Jesus. Uh, she's also part of the reason why I took photography even seriously. And I saw her that she just bring her camera to these special events, uh, you know, services and start taking like, you know, single shots. And I was like, that's cool, but how can I elevate that? And, you know, I'm one of, I was one of the first few people that go around different part of the church. People just see me with the camera and they think it's like my past, like if I was in a concert and it just okay. allowed me to get closer and take okay. these shots. So it, it's, it was daring, but very rewarding uh, later on in my career. So what percentage of your work that you're doing, and I know you're just photographing part-time, but what percentage mm -hmm. of that work that you're doing is the studio work versus the live event work, roughly? Okay, uh, right now, studio has been more 75% and live venues has been 25. Again, due to the weather, it's been hard for bands to you know get, get, get gigs at the uh, venues. Sure. So, you know, that kind of, you know, part of the, the equation. Mm -hmm. Studio work has just been pretty, pretty awesome so far okay. and can't wait and see what happens in, in 2023. Now, would you say that your desire lies more in the realm of studio work? Like if, if you were to have to pick one, just, mm. just out of preference, without looking at the marketplace and the business opportunity or whatever, like just what Close it is that eyes. you like most. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what, would that, what would that be? Uh, live venues. Really, okay. That, uh, bro, like I said, like growing from the church and then going to these like bands and performance and seeing um, that energy, that vibe, it, it's something amazing. You know, like I said, it's the experience for me and trying to capture those special moments for those individuals, but also for myself in the art is, is just something undescribable. You know, studio work is awesome because you're trying to translate the vision of the client into, a, you know, behind the lens. But when it's um, live bands, singers, uh, spoken words, all mm -hmm. that good stuff, mm -hmm. it, 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 it like, bro, so many different directions. And is there what is that opportunity to look like? You're, you're based in the Providence area, but you're mm -hmm. also adjacent to some pretty large marketplaces. If you mm -hmm. do that live event work, are you working more locally or some of the adjacent marketplaces? What, what does that look like? Yeah, uh, currently it's just like a word of mouth. You know, I first uh, initial approach is just to be like, hey, is it cool to take photos? And then, you know, show my work on the social media that translate into like hey uh we would like you to come again or hey there's this other group of band this other venues that are interested in your service can you come through and that's how i i build my small network here locally okay. versus like uh you know and nationally which that would be a dope gig in the near future yeah so are those gigs at this point are you more volunteering your time or are they paid gigs or a combination um unfortunately they, they um, you know what? I'll take scratch that. There, unfortunately, it's a blessing to provide yeah. my service to the people. You know what I'm sure. saying? Uh, sure. uh, my love language is active service. So just be able to share my art with the the group, whoever yeah. I'm service is, yeah. is good enough for me. Uh, they slowly transition to paid venues. But for now, like just voluntarily, I'm I'm always a happy person. So you're looking for that opportunity to photograph events, and are you using that then to build up your portfolio as well? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, do you know? I mean, do you know other event photographers in that mar in that local marketplace? Not, not similar to like what uh, my approach. Uh, a lot of them are very just like friends and family okay. who are doing a favor. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I have not seen a lot of people who are doing like my style. Uh, most people that I know of are usually uh, professional studio portrait um, okay. uh, people, um, service guys. So, yeah, not, not a lot of people are doing similar to what I do. 
Okay. And as far as your, so let's just kind of focus on the event photography for the time being. Mm. So with that event photography, what makes, is there anything in particular, no worries if, if you can't think of anything, but is there anything okay. in particular about your photographic style when it comes to photographing those events, mm -hmm. whether it's comparing your work to local photographers or those more on a national scene, um, mm -hmm. anything in particular about your photographic style that makes it unique? Uh, what makes it unique is being able to make it personalized and more um, custom to my um, my uh, I, I don't want to call them target. I feel like that's a terrible name. Your but, potential but clients. Potential clients. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I try to make it as much personal as possible. I, mm. I play around with different uh, settings and try to give them something more that this is you. This is this is all yours. Nothing else could compare to what I have done for you. So it's more customizing to those potential clients that is the service that I provide. Okay. And do you have conversations with them in advance in order to establish that more custom finished product? Like how, how are you able to d deliver mm. that? Because and this is just my naivety because I was good. never really a, a um, like a live event photographer as in, you know, at music, musical events or otherwise. I've photographed weddings yeah. primarily, some portrait sessions. So I don't know the scene as well, but my, my assumption is that for most photographers photographing these events and the work that I've seen, they're, they're just going to the event. And if they can get creative with the shots that they're getting, you know, whether it's the, the, the framing or the use of light or some combination of the above, then that's really cool. Mm -hmm. They can create beautiful work. But it's, it's hard to kind of picture in my mind what it would look like to offer a custom experience within mm. that genre. Can you shed some light on that? Uh, sure. I mean, you did a great job breaking down like certain element that most live venue photographers do. Um, but well, the conversation that we really have with those individuals is more of like, what is your, you know, what is your your vision? You know, describe to me what are you looking for? Is this more for an album art? Is this is for more for social media? Are you looking for something that it's more for you to post on your website and that way you you know later on we work on the credits and stuff. So it, it's, it's just having that conversation of like making sure that when I'm doing the work, you know, what I'm saying I am checking the box of everything that they have envisioned. So okay. it's definitely taking five minutes of their time before they go on stage or before the gig mm. and just be like, hey, let's talk. What are you looking for? How do you want the photos to be? Do you want them to be focused more on you or a particular um, musician or artist on the stage? You know, and then nine out of ten, Surprisingly, they just trust to be like, I just trust your service. Okay. I, I, I trust your vision. I think you're going to deliver it. And from there on, it's like the freedom mm -hmm. just, you know, it is awesome. <laughs> that's, and that's great. And I, man, I can imagine the energy at some of those events has to be just amazing to be around and then photographing in that. Yeah. I, that, that's a really cool opportunity. And yet oh, I also yeah. realized too, that it's a pretty competitive environment. You know, the, the number of people who would love to be with a camera at some of these events, photographing their favorite artists, some of the biggest names in the industry. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people probably trying to, to fight for those spots. So there's the of competition course. is tough because there are not a lot of photographers focused in on that genre. And if you're gonna if you're gonna be the one that they want to be there photographing that, you've got to really be able to stand out. So that's an interesting challenge. What would you say is your goal at this point with your photography? I, I know that you're you're photographing part time. Um, but do you want to go full time with this? Um, mm. Do you want to, I, I guess just really very simply, what are your goals? Um, I set a goal that hopefully by the end of 2024, I'd be able to become a more full time photographer. Uh, what, what, what that means to me is mostly being able to uh, still do the studio work, you know, which is a good fundamental but also be able to travel, you know? Uh, I love traveling, I, I, I wanna see the world, and I'm hoping with my image and my art, it helps me bring to those type of venues in the near future. So, like, those are the two big steps for me, um, hopefully by the end of 2024. I, and I like that you've got a specific goal in mind. Oh, um, yeah. 
and I would even suggest that if you pick the right path and, and you are able to not only be very clear about your intentions, but you pick the right path where the business opportunity lies and you put that work in, that you might even be able to do that before then. Because that's, you know, we'll call it two years from now. That's, that's quite a bit of time. Um, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it does take that long, but I would also venture that, that with some, some really smart choices that you might even be able to make it happen sooner than that. You've got such a great vibe about you, and I, I can't imagine people getting, a, getting the chance to like connect with you, have conversation with you, and then couple that with your work that they wouldn't want to be able to work with you. You know, um, mm -hmm, but again, mm -hmm. the competition is stiff. And, and so making sure that you stand out, whatever the genre or the focus ends up being for you, being very, very clear about what it is that you're trying to accomplish personally and then as a business is going to mm -hmm. enable you to stand out more effectively. And then as a result, get to that that goal, which is photographing full time. Uh, so I, I appreciate the context. And for anybody who's listening in who isn't familiar with this concept of brand position, uh, I ask these questions to get context as to where my guest and photographer, in this case, Josh, where he's at with his business, where he wants to go. That gives me a little bit of context. And then I've done a bit of research uh, of your local marketplace, Josh, in advance. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. For the sake awesome. of everybody listening in and also for yourself, um, I, I want to cover just a few basic ideas or principles behind this notion of brand position. Brand right. position, just on a simple level, the definition is the value proposition that your business represents in the marketplace. We kind of talked a little bit about that earlier. And a, a good brand position is a unique value proposition, right? I could say, and I live in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, but I could say I'm a wedding photographer in, in Chattanooga. That might be my brand position, but it's a very weak brand position because it's not unique mm. in any way. There are you know, probably 30, 40, 50 other wedding photographers in the area. So saying that I'm a, a wedding photographer in no way makes me unique. What I have to then do is come up with a unique value proposition. If I'm going to focus on weddings, what about what in the wedding photography genre can I offer to the marketplace that's unique, that's truly unique, different than anything that anybody else in the marketplace is, is offering? Because a lot of times, you, you've probably seen this, Josh, photographers tend to kind of copy paste. Like they see what other photographers oh, yeah. are doing. They're like, oh, that I like that or that's oh, working yeah. for them. So they just kind of go do what that other photographer or those photographers are doing. And I, I understand I get that. And I've certainly done some of that as a photographer as well. But the reality is that is actually inhibitive in many ways mm. to us being able to stand out amongst our competition. We may we may prefer community over competition. That's a phrase we hear in the photography industry a lot. And I, I love the notion of it. But that feels good for us as photographers. It has little to do with the marketplace, right? The marketplace is this objective entity who in this case may be looking for an event photographer and they're not thinking about the niceties. They're just looking at different options and trying to make a decision based on what it is, what options that they have in front of them. And in order to grab their attention more effectively, we've got to have that distinct value proposition. The benefits, um, number one, are what we've already been talking about. It enables us to mm -hmm. stand out amidst the masses. And if, we're, if we've implemented it right, it immediately helps those clients or potential clients to know our unique value proposition. The other thing that it does is it helps filter irrelevant potential clients. So if somebody comes to our site, we've got a really clear and obvious and distinct brand position. They can either make a decision to continue spending time on that site and potentially reach out to us or not. Um, or they, they land on our social media profile and we very clearly have our brand position there. They're like, mm, that doesn't really work for me. It's not what I'm looking for. They can go away or that that really resonates with me. I like the vibe here. I want to continue mm -hmm. to pursue this conversation. So it helps us filter for the right clients. Um, it certainly helps simplify and focus marketing efforts. And this is really important, especially for new photographers. We're trying to get off the ground. We have limited funds to get our businesses going. If we're just like just putting the word out there in general on Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram or running ads, maybe we're spending the money, you know, to to um, I guess magazine ads are kind of dated at this point, but certainly in social media ads. Oh, bro. Spending like, money. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, and, and you really can't spend endless amounts of money in that, in that context. Mm -hmm. But the, if we don't have a very specific focus, it's a lot easier to waste a lot of money than if we know exactly what it is that we're, that we're doing. It helps focus our message um, and ultimately our intentions when it comes to marketing. So that's really, really important. And then it certainly encourages better time management. And this may be a little bit of a, a what feels like a curveball, but if we know what our brand position is and what it is that we're trying to achieve, that means that we can not only filter out irrelevant clients, but we filter out irrelevant activities. 
Because yes. most, many, I, I'll say many photographers, maybe even most photographers are functioning on a day-to-day -day business very inefficiently um, in the way that they run their business. I think they could run it in probably a fraction of the time that they do on average. However, part of the reason for that is a lack of focus. So Josh, if you know that you are an event photographer that represents this particular brand position, you know all of your business efforts, your time, day-to-day, -day, those efforts are gonna be spent on that particular focus. Yep. And everything else can get filtered out. It doesn't matter the gear or the workshops or the Lightroom presets or you know whatever it is that you, you see coming in. You can filter out anything that's irrelevant because you know what your focus is. And that focus is something that, again, is a bit unusual in the photography industry, that, that level of focus. And it can make a really, really big difference. So those are the benefits. Does that make sense? No, 100% good. I, I really agree that we just need to under, like, take a moment just to, like, break it down and figure out what is our strong suit and then leave more of like more of our weak point later on on the on the, on the further you know rear end for a bit just so we could accomplish the goals that we're trying to do now then later you know or waste time later yeah there's i'm a huge believer in in the notion that we can certainly address our weaknesses whether as human mm. beings or as business people as photographers but there's also that kind of 80-20 principle at play, right? If we yes. play to our strengths like you're talking about, then we can move a lot more quickly. And certainly if we play where the opportunity in the marketplace lies, and that's kind of an objective concept, a lot of photographers base their decisions on how they feel. And the reality is the marketplace doesn't care how we feel <laughs> no. as much as photographers like to talk about it. The marketplace wants what they want. And the question is, are we doing a good job of a asking and finding out what it is that the marketplace wants. And then yes. B what we're really focused on here today, which is then clearly communicating how we meet those needs in a unique way. And that's, that's our goal. And Josh, just real quick, before we kind of dive into some of the, the, the what I was seeing in the marketplace uh, for yourself and for everybody listening in as well, there are, there are a number of steps, I would say six steps, and I'm just going to run through these really well, really quickly, just to kind of give context to our conversation at large here. But For when sure. it comes to establishing a clear and distinct brand position, the first thing mm -hmm. that we want to do is to establish what I call a big picture view. And we've been kind of talking about this here. The, the overarching set of goals that drive what we want out of life. Now, I know that sounds really deep and maybe kind of going, going you know, out in left field almost. But the reality is if we, if we just go randomly start a business up, it may, yep. it may do okay. But if we start a business based on what it is that we're trying to accomplish as human beings that are a reflection of our personal goals, then that business will likely be much more sustainable and certainly more focused. So first establishing what it is that we want on a financial level, certainly what we need, right? Our, how, do we, how much do we need to pay our bills? And then how much do we want to put in savings? And how much money do we need to make in order to take a vacation or two or three or four a year, depending on what, what your goals are? We need to be clear about that. We also need to be clear about how much time we're willing to dedicate toward that, those financial goals. Uh, because I might be able to say, hey, I wanna make, you know, whatever. I wanna make half a million dollars a year. Well, that's cool and all, but if I have to work 80 hours a week to make a half a million a year, not worth it to me. Because I wanna live, right? My, my <laughs> life is not about my work. My work just happens to be something that enables me to live, ultimately. That's, that's how I that part. tend to that see part. it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we have to balance the financial goals with the time goals. But, but I would be very, I would take some time after we get done today or over the next few days during the holiday season, just be super clear about for yourself, write it down on paper or Evernote or whatever note taking app you use, be super mm -hmm. clear about your big picture view. And that's your financial goals, your time goals, and then maybe your values, your personal values are, are looped into that as well, or should, really should be at the end of the day. And these kind of big picture ideas, these overarching set of goals should help drive your decision about the brand position and the business that you ultimately develop. Um, so that's, that's the first step is really to establish a big picture view. Step two is to study the market. And we're going to come back to this here in just a second. Step three is to choose that brand position. We're going to talk about how to go about doing that. Step four is to refine the messaging. Because it's very easy a lot of times, like we might come up with a, a brand position statement, but it takes us a paragraph to communicate it, right? <laughs> or yeah. we're trying to tell our friend about this and it takes us like five minutes to explain it and they're just kind of staring at us like, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to refine the messaging in a way that we can communicate it in just a few words on our website and social media and certainly in conversation. 
Number five, the, the fifth step is to share that position prominently. We'll come back to that as well. And then six is to match the experience with the message. And really what that just means is it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to do it. So when we mm. pick that brand position statement, we need to make sure that literally everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis as a business supports that. The imagery reflects it. The way that we run our business, the customer experience that we provide, it all supports that. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Cool. So let's actually go back to uh, one other kind of set of principles I just want to share really quickly. And then we're going to talk about your local marketplace and where the opportunity lies. Um, there are four ways that we can go about establishing a clear and distinct brand position, right? So mm. what I just reviewed were kind of the, the main steps to getting to this place. But when we actually look at choosing a brand position, there are four ways to go about doing this. So one is to be the first to offer a service. So I look at the marketplace and I say, is there, is there a live events photographer in Providence, Rhode Island? Just as, as one example. Mm -hmm. And if there's nobody else doing that, first of all, that's pretty cool because in most marketplaces, there is somebody shooting some type of genre related to this thing that I'm interested in, whether it's wedding photography or portrait photography or dog photography or boudoir photography or baby photography, whatever. There's probably at least one other photographer that's already doing that. So it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but that's the first place to start. Is there anybody else offering this particular service? Number two, the second way that you can go about choosing a brand position is to be the first to own a service. And this is a little bit nuanced, but maybe there's another wedding photographer already in my marketplace here in Chattanooga. But if I say, if I come out and say, I'm Chattanooga's premier wedding photographer, i.e. I own this space, Try to compete with me. <laughs> if, if I want to be, if I want to come out and be that gutsy about it, then I can. It's nuanced, uh, but it's, it's also a little bit uh, risky because if I'm going to come out and say that, I better deliver an experience that matches this, this notion that I own this space, like I am the premier option. Oh, yeah. And I better actually deliver on that or people are going to be like, oh, he's just, he's just running his mouth, right? Mm. But that's the second way to go about it. The third way is to offer a unique variation on a service. And this is the most common. Um, so if, if I say I am a wedding photographer in Chattanooga, that doesn't make me unique. But if I say I'm black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga couples, now I've specified, now I've really niched down. I offer wedding photography, but it's all in black and white. Yep. And that in and of itself will help set me apart. So that's, that's when we talk about a unique variation on a service or a genre. We add that qualifier to it. In this case, it yes. would be black and white wedding photography. Uh, and, then, and then the other thing, the other way we can go about choosing a, a, and establishing a distinct brand position is to offer the service to a specific market segment. So I call out, right. I, and I could say, I could say black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga seniors, as in people that are in their 60s, 70s and beyond. And I only photograph older couples. That'd be really niche, but it would certainly be very unique. And I'm specifically calling out that particular market segment in my brand position statement. So when they land on the website, they see that statement, they see the pictures that back it up, and they're like, oh, this either is for me or it's not for me. But mm -hmm. it's very unique and it's distinct in that way. Very distinct. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I like that approach. So those are a number. I know I threw a lot of different principles out there. We talked first about kind of the, the steps to establishing a brand position, and then I just shared the way that you can go about choosing the individual brand position. But I want to come back to... Um, what it is that you're interested in, and then, and then we'll take a look at your marketplace as well. So the first question that I have for you, and you may not have answered this, and this is fine, but going back to my original uh, point about the importance of establishing a big picture view, do you, and, and of course, part of that being financial goals, do you know mm. that there is enough live event photography opportunity in your marketplace to support what it is that you want to make or need to make in the long run? I, I'm aware there's a lot of activities that have been happening really? around here in New England. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the one challenging is just uh, distant proximity because, you know, if you don't have a car around here, then you're out of luck. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But it's mostly a lot of um, startups, known bands, a lot of different venues who are always offering the, a lot of great uh, activities for the community one of my personal favorite one is the revival um, brewery uh, that's a place that they have a calendar posted on their site and you know i can pick and choose what day to go in to explore uh take those pictures provide that service to them and just have a good time so with those so the opportunities are there then the other question that i would have for you along with that is do those gigs pay enough for you to be able to photograph full-time focused on live event photography in that marketplace unfortunately no it's, it's okay. a really it's, it, that's one of the most uh, ch 
challenging side of taking this type of venue is just knowing that it's not a wedding gig, you know, where you are fully blessed and reaching maybe a higher expectation in pay than other uh, venues. But sure. when it comes to this type of um, uh, approach, uh, you know, you, 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 you know, you, you take the best you can. Okay. Most venues are very flexible, very nice, and they're, it's awesome. Others, you know, you just be like, hey, I appreciate what you could give me and just, you know, hopefully we could continue building up that relationship. You know, hoping that something bigger might come up out of it. So, okay. you know, it's it, it's a risk-taking type of game. That's fair. But the reason I ask this question is because uh, it's one thing, as I said earlier, like it's one thing to consider how we feel, i.e., yes. what is what is it that I want, right? I could want to yep. I can want to photograph any number of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that the market is going to support my financial needs and goals, though. What's cool about our conversation is that you've already been very, very clear about the fact that your bigger picture goal, right? You, you express what you're interested in photographing, which is these live events, but your bigger picture goal um, is actually about freedom and flexibility as a business owner. You get to be your own boss of your yes. time and certainly your own business. And so if that is the overarching goal, then the cool thing, and, and then of course the, the genre of photography is secondary to that. The cool mm -hmm. thing is, what you, what you have the opportunity to do is look for the financial opportunity in your marketplace as a photographer, mm. and at least, at the very least, begin focusing on where there is real market opportunity. And for anybody listening who's not clear about what I'm saying, when I say market opportunity, okay. that just means that the market is willing to pay you for what it is that you have to offer. You have yes. a value proposition, which is, in this case, let's just say you're a live event photographer, or you're a studio portrait photographer. And if there are enough people in your marketplace, whatever that might be, whether it's just your local city or town or the region or multi-state or international or national, either one, as long as there are enough people to pay you for that thing that you're going to offer, awesome, then, then, yes. then run with it. But you do have to make sure, and not just you, Josh, but everybody listening in, have to make sure that there is enough market opportunity where that interest lies. So it's one thing to want something. You know, just personally, this is how I feel. These are the things that I'm interested in. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But then as a business owner, I also have to look objectively at whether or not there are enough people that are willing to pay me for the service that I have to offer at a high enough rate that I can mm -hmm. actually make my financial goals. And in this case, ultimately to go full time as a photographer. Does that make sense? Of course. Okay. It give, it give more better clarity to what. I was originally thinking and have more of a drive of like, all right, certain venues are great, but you definitely want to try to re reach out for the big fish if, if when it's there, if that makes sense, you know? Well, and the cool thing is that it's not an all or nothing conversation, right? So the way that I think about this, and we're going to talk about your marketplace here in just a second, because I think just looking at what your competition is doing will help shed further light on where the opportunities lie for you. But it's not an all or nothing conversation. It's not about looking at your marketplace and saying, uh, I'm not going to get paid enough just doing event photography, so I'm just going to write that off. The reality is, if you, if you look at the broader marketplace, regionally, nationally, potentially internationally, there's actually opportunity there for you to be able to make a good bit of money as a live event photographer. Now, again, the competition is stiff, but there's opportunity there. It's not that there's not opportunity, but the question is, if you want to ultimately run your own business full-time, be your own boss, have that freedom, that flexibility, what is going to enable you to get to that place um, ideally as fast as possible mm. while also still having the opportunities to photograph events, right? So it's not that you have to stop photographing events, but you may know that that's not going to pay the bills because the market doesn't, there's not enough demand in your marketplace to support your financial goals. So don't stop photographing them. Do it because you love it. That's great. And the cool thing about that is you continue that. You continue to build that portfolio up and maybe even a whole separate brand if you wanted to. That is going to enable you potentially to land an opportunity that maybe pays a little bit more. And then that connects you with the right person. And then you have another opportunity and that continue to, continues to build on itself. So it's not about writing it off. It's just acknowledging the possibility or the reality even that your market right now may not support what it is that you need financially in order to go full time as a photographer. So you'll keep doing this stuff. You'll do it on the side. But now what that means is you look at other opportunities in the marketplace. You mentioned studio photography right now is kind of your driving business, right? That, that's the majority of the type of photography that you're offering. It seems like that might be where the opportunity may lay. And with that, that will give you the opportunity to, to begin generating more and more revenue. 
and get to that place where you're photographing full time. You're your own boss. You're running your own business. And, and, and then as you continue to photograph those live events on the side, that may eventually present you with even more opportunity. Maybe it becomes a, a 75, 25 thing, a 50, 50 thing. Maybe, maybe you get this really incredible opportunity three years down the road and, and the, the whole script gets flipped and you get to focus on live event photography. That'd be awesome. But all of this to say, just be super practical, looking at what the market mm -hmm. will actually support. There's what we want to do, and then there's what the market will support. And we've got to find a, a healthy balance with those two things. Of course, of course, 100% agreed. I definitely... So, oh, no, no, please, no, no, please, please go ahead. Oh, no, I, I just lost my chance of thought. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to no, interrupt no. you. Well, so let, let's actually then, with that in mind, um, and, and I'm making some assumptions here because, of course, we have limited amount of time. Um, so over the next 20 minutes or so, what I want to do is look at your local marketplace. We may not come up with a specific brand position today. As I mentioned earlier in the show, what I want this to be is a conversation to look at the opportunities for you at the very least. And maybe we do a part two at some point. We come back. Um, to this, but what I what Word. I think you're in an interesting place because you don't officially have a business launched. You even have an opportunity to really come up with a business name, and certainly you have an opportunity to come up with a brand position, which mm -hmm. makes you distinct in your marketplace. And of course, you want to do that in a realm which is going to support your financial goals. So these are all things to be considered. But one of the, one of the things that I think photographers maybe skip over, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is developing a really incredible awareness of what is going on in their marketplace. This isn't just about simply launching a photography business based on our interests or how we feel about something in the moment. It's about looking at the marketplace, seeing what they're doing, and then positioning ourselves against them. We say brand position. It is a position which we hold in the marketplace, which we represent. Um, I'll take my, my editing company, for example. Mm -hmm. Photographers edit custom editing for professional photographers, or we can get more specific and say for wedding and portrait photographers. Our position, our unique value proposition is the customization, right? We, we process based on the photographer's preference. And we are of course dedicated to professional photographers versus a consumer market or otherwise. So that's our brand position. You have an opportunity now to be able to offer a service and then come up with the, the unique value proposition, the distinct brand position. That is going to be your position in the market, very similar to the way that we have a very distinct position in the marketplace as an editing company employing editors who are processing uh, photos based on the photographer's preference. You have the ability to establish your position in the marketplace, whether local, regional, or otherwise. And so in order to do that effectively, though, you can't just kind of randomly come up with a, you know, a statement that you throw on your site on social media. You need to look at the marketplace. And of course, I don't just say this for your sake, but also for our, our listeners. Have, have you done um, a whole lot of research into, if any, into your local mm -hmm. marketplace and seeing what other photographers are doing? Um, in, in my area, there's a lot of studio work um, type of uh, uh, market. Uh, I guess a lot of people just want those special portrait uh, moments um, in the studio. So studio work is definitely top notch. Uh, secondary is like more artistic, uh, very unique black and whites or very artsy type of uh, sh um, photography, which, you know, shout out to those who are, have the vision to bring that to life. And then live venues are mostly at the bottom um, because uh, a lot of people are just either in the studio or they're already in a private venue and, you know, they're not really out there for those other live events that are not being captured behind the lens. So um, that that's the much knowledge of marketing I know that's been going on here in the sure. world. Well, and, and when I say market research, it may sound like super stuffy and formal and fancy and technical and whatever, but what I mean is, is literally what I was doing yesterday. And, and this is just jumping on Google and doing a search. So you could, mm. in fact, the, the search that I did, and I ended up looking at, um, it was roughly 70, 75 or so different listings of photographers in that kind of broader area. Wow. Uh, and I made notes of the, if we can call them brand positions, in some cases, I don't know that photographers are intentionally trying to come up with a brand position statement. It's just text that they wrote on their site mm -hmm. um, to share what it is that they're trying to specialize in or what it is that they're interested in. But I searched Providence, Rhode Island photographers. Um, that was actually kind of the first suggested option. As I started to type it in, that's what Google threw at me, which means that it's probably the most popular search, kind of generic search for photographers there. So I clicked on that and I looked at business listings and I also looked at the organic Google listings as well. Um, and I want to take, 
a few minutes here, and there's a long list, so I may not go through the whole list, but I want to take a few minutes and just very quickly, for your sake, read through, and for the audience too, to give them an idea, read through at least the closest thing to a position statement that I found on these photographer sites. And by the way, I don't have 75 of them. Not every photographer <laughs> even had that kind of clarity, right? Don't but the ones that, that at least alluded to what their brand was about, uh, I wrote it down. So I'm just going to start running through these here. And the reason that we're doing this, again, for your sake, Josh, and for everybody listening in, is to be aware of what other photographers are doing in the marketplace for the sake of then positioning ourselves against them. I.e., if these photographers are doing this thing here, then I'm going to come over here because I want to stand out. I don't want to be really, really close to them, be very similar to what they're doing. I want to stand apart from them. That's where I'm positioning myself against them. But in order to do that, I have to be aware of what it is that they're saying. Certainly the services that they're offering, even the prices that they're offering for that particular service, that awareness then enables me to be able to establish a more distinct brand position. Understood. Yeah. So Let's on that note, it. let me just, I'm going to read through these as quickly as possible, but this will probably give you a good idea of, of what's going on here. All right. So, uh, and by the way, I don't call out any business names. We're not trying to throw anybody under the bus or anything of the sort here. I'm just, I'm just mm. reading position statements. So spe the first one, and I'll just start to read through these. Specializing in maternity and newborn, my mission is to capture your whole world with no stress. The next one, life is woven from moments of joy and connection. Capture them with no detail left to chance. Third one, Rhode Island wedding photographer. Super simple. Uh, and then let's see. Wedding photography. By the way, I've never seen this before, but I came across a photographer. It's very fascinating to me. Who, when you landed on their landing page, you, you, there was nothing else other than choose from one of two styles. The page was split down the middle, and you could choose. It was like I don't know, bright and airy and warm and dark and moody, or something like that. And you could literally just choose from the styles. It took you to a completely unique site based on the editing style. And then you um, went and looked at their portfolio. I've never seen that before. I thought that was really interesting. So I just had to throw that the out box. there. I love that. I yeah, love yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, wedding photography, bold, bright, beautiful. Um, timeless memories was another one. We're all on this one wild ride together and would be honored to document a piece of that for you. Another one was, as your photographer, I believe nothing is sweeter than your love story. Another one just said, wedding mm -hmm. photography, elegant, timeless, and natural photography. Wedding, fitness, creative photography. That's an interesting combination. Um, we capture, maybe maybe imagine people in gym clothes getting married or something. I don't, I don't know what that, what that looks go. like. <laughs> um, Dumbbell instead of flowers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we capture memories so you can make them last forever. Photography service in Providence. Portrait and personal branding. We make unconventional, personal, and unique floral design and photography for weddings and events. That's a bit of a mouthful. Another one is live in the moment while we capture it. Um, and then another one, of course, the business name specializes in authentic and professional headshots and family portraits. Um, soak in every moment of your wedding day with intentional photography that encourages you to be fully present. Create what you imagine. By the way, as I'm reading this out loud, and, you, and I hear, I, I see you kind of putting your head to the side a little bit. Something I want to point out for everybody listening in is how many photographers use these either very cliche and or kind of vague words when we think about a brand position what we want to do is to communicate in very simple everyday language the value proposition that we offer and when we start trying to get creative and cute and unique and trying to be outside the box if somebody lands on that site and they have three seconds to make sense of what your business offers and you're trying to be cute and creative and whatever and they, they can't make sense of that because they can't relate to the words or we're using photographic terms that they don't understand whatever it might be that inhibits our ability to be able to, to get that client, right? Mm -hmm. So as you're listening to this and everybody else is listening in, keep that in mind. There's a lot of this kind of cliche vagary that's being used in, in position statements that really takes away from the, the impact. Um, let's see. Timeless, graceful editorial imagery rooted in authentic authenticity and soul. Authenticity is, again, and authentic is one of those words that's just overused at this point. I don't know what that actually means. Like, does that mean that everybody else's images are fake, but only yours are real? It's, it's, it, it begs a lot of questions when we start being a little bit logical about it, you know? 100%. Yeah. Uh, New England wedding photography, wedding and elopement photographer, Rhode Island's premier boudoir photography studio, world-class model shoots, uh, photographs that celebrate shared joy thoughtfully preserved through vibrant color and sparkling light. Uh, the beautiful intersection of coaching and photography, a legacy photographer for all bodies, identities, abilities, love stories, Rhode Island-based fine art photography, Boston area wedding photographer, 
Um, and those were all from the business listings and then the organic results, photo novelist, I've not heard that one before, uh, you shine, let me show you, Rhode Island and Boston's premier lifestyle photographer and expert light catcher. Be transported to a flicker of a moment with cinematic imagery that ignites the senses. Rhode Island and Massachusetts wedding photography and portraits, fine art photography, New England wedding and elopement photographers for the passionate, adventurous, artistic, queer, playful, color, wild, silly. There's a lot going on there. There uh, is. <laughs> we cherish real moments and the value of being genuine. Uh, troubadours, rockers, and punks. Rhode Island wedding and portrait photographer. Your Providence, Rhode Island wedding and portrait photographer. Rhode Island's luxury real estate photography destination. Rhode Island wedding photographer, event family graduation, wedding photography, and videography. So I actually ended up going through all of those. Um, and that's, you know, that's probably, I don't know, 30, 40, uh, 40. I do want to share one. Uh, Please. There's this one person that really fan of his uh, work. Not going to say his business name, but yeah. he does have fashion and commercial portraits slash light guru. That to me is one of the top like business marketing uh, thing I ever seen so far. So, and, and, and he's local too. That's the crazy part. So that's so read, read that one more time if you don't mind. Fashion and commercial portraits slash light guru. Like, okay. It's short, sweet, but I think he's just letting you know, like, when it comes to light, no one can can top me. And I'm like, yeah, so far, nobody. Not yet. <laughs> okay. And and that's that's cool. The, the only caveat that I would add to that is, is that mm. something that an everyday consumer is going to make sense of? So, so fa you said fashion and what was the other piece of commercial. it? Commercial. Fashion, commercial. Um, and, and my tendency, even in, in, in that case, would be to want to focus on either one or the one or the other. If you're able mm. to combine both and you can actually display that and back it up with your portfolio and everything else. OK, uh, but it's two two separate genres, really. Right. So you're mm -hmm. combining that and then you're also throwing light guru into it. And what does light guru mean to the everyday consumer? I'm you don't even have to answer that question. I'll just leave that hanging because of actually, what I was. Yeah, it kind of answered your question too. Because for us who are in the field, we already know what what he's saying. Exactly. But but for the novice, it's like, hmm, what does that really mean? What does it actually mean? Yeah, yeah. So when I when I come to your site, I've got my assumption is that 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 potential client only has three seconds, five seconds max, or maybe I only have three to five seconds in order to capture their their attention. Right? We all know everybody's attention span. We're all in scrolling mode. That's just how we tend to function in this day and age. So if I have three seconds to communicate to them what it is that I offer them, and I say I'm a light guru, is that going to speak to their needs that they currently have for a photographer, whatever the genre, is it gonna actually speak to that? Now, if I add a little bit of qualification to that, which is which specifies a particular type of photography, maybe that begins to make a little bit more sense. And then literally every image on my site, if I'm a studio portrait photographer and light guru, and I, I'm providing imagery that has the most dramatic lighting you've ever seen from a studio portrait photographer, then, then maybe they can kind of put two and two together and make sense of that and you can make an impact with it. But we just have to be really careful to use copy that that actually will resonate with a you know that makes sense to a fifth grader and it makes sense to a 75 year old right that's mm. kind of the intention I'm, I'm a bit of an extremist when it comes to this but we have to be we have to keep things simple and relevant and that's really really important and we've just seen too much i mean even just reading through all those statements we've seen too much of this kind of slightly nebulous a bit vague certainly creative cute whatever but maybe makes sense to a photographer doesn't necessarily resonate with the, the person who just needs a really great family portrait photographer or wedding photographer, an event photographer, a studio photographer. The question is within that particular genre, what is it that you're doing that's unique compared to the other, I'm going to use studio photography in this instance, the other studio photographers okay. in your marketplace that nobody else is doing. And that's the thing that you've got to figure out. So the cool, to go back to my point, I think I made at the very beginning, Josh, Reading through all those statements, what's really interesting is, let's just say, based on our conversation, event, live event photography right now isn't going to pay the bills. It's something you're going to keep doing because you love it and that's awesome and you're going to continue to look for opportunity and put in the work and build a portfolio, all those things. Don't, don't throw it out. We're not talking about throwing mm. that away. But if you want to also pay the bills as a professional photographer where it looks like there's an incredible opportunity is in that studio photography. 
Yeah. Literally nobody. I don't think anybody in that whole list said anything about studio photography. Was there one maybe? I'm just looking back through the list. Uh, I think like Boston, some uh, around that realm. Sure. Well, yeah. just to be just to be clear, so I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm talking about the actual use of the word studio photographer or phrase studio photographer, studio photography. I don't literally every one of those 40 or so statements that I read, none of them say anything about studio photography. It's not that there aren't studio photographers out there. The question is, who is coming out and saying, I am Providence, Rhode Island's premier studio photographer, or mm. I am, you know, whatever the qualifier is, the descriptor, the variation on studio photography as a genre. Nobody's coming out and saying any of that. So nobody's owning that space right now, which is really interesting. Now, again, the caveat is there may be other photographers who are offering studio photography. So what you have to do, you could be the first person to come out and say, I am, you know, let's just say again, Rhode Island or excuse me, Providence, uh, Providence's premier studio photographer. You could come out and say that. But the question is, what is it that you're doing that's different than, can we add a descriptor, a variation on that service that is different than the other studio photographers in the area? And that's where you have an interesting opportunity. And I'll just take, I'll go back to my example from earlier as just one example, potential idea. Mm -hmm. What if all you did was black and white studio photography? Is there another photographer in that marketplace or even in the region that is only offering black and white studio photography? There may not be. Now, there, there remains the question of the market opportunity. Are there enough people that want that? But then also, can you come up with a unique enough style of black and white studio photography that it would capture the attention and people start to come to you? And that's just one very, very small example. But my suggestion to you is, as we're looking at this marketplace and where the opportunity lies, nobody's owning the studio photography space. There are other photographers mm -hmm. I realize that are offering that, that type of work. But if you were to establish a studio photography brand that had a unique uh, brand position, unique value proposition to it, yep. there is a really interesting opportunity for you to, to come out and to actually stand out. And then, of course, you got to do the hard work to actually build the brand up and, and make sure that everybody in the area 100%. knows that you are offering that service. Yes. But if, if these are the two types of photography and we know that, that live event photography isn't the thing right now to, to, to get you to full time, studio photography is where it's at. You're already doing that most of the time anyway. It seems as though, based on what I'm seeing in this in the marketplace, that that's where a real opportunity lies. I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. I mean, um, I thought about more, you know, being out there, finding the vibe, but I think the answer lies from the other answer, which is for studio work, obviously. And um, I really, really am going to be thinking more on how to bring myself out into the public and let them know that I'm one of the either finest or greatest, whatever, to bring those eyes to my direction. And then let, you know, my passion will definitely grow with live venues, but studio work, as you said, brings the bread and, you know, that is the goal as well. That is the goal. Yeah. And, and I would add a, again, yet another caveat, which is it's, it would be easy to say that you're the greatest or the finest or the premier. Just make sure that if you do exactly. decide to go that direction, it's one of the, the options, as we talked about earlier, one of the four opportunities to create a brand position is to, to own that space, right? If yes. you're going to do that, you've got to make sure you can actually back it up. The, the easier to understand, I mean, from the, the standpoint of a consumer, if a consumer comes to your website and they see that you are, you know, black and white studio photography for the New England marketplace or something to that effect. That's something that they can, it's, it's everyday language. They, they can make sense of, it's easy to understand. It certainly stands out because there's nobody else. Let's just assume there's nobody else doing that. They see your portfolio. Of course it matches that brand position. That's a lot easier to understand than I am just the best, right? It's like, it's like companies saying I make quality products. Well, everybody says they make quality products. So if you're gonna if you're gonna lead with something that a lot that other people are already saying, you just have to be careful to to actually deliver on it at a level that nobody else is delivering. So exactly. yes, don't don't write that off as an option. It's certainly one of the options to to position yourself as the premier studio photographer. But if you're gonna do that, you've got to not only do you have to consider the, the the quality of photography, but probably even more so the customer experience. The overall customer experience has got to just be next level. Like they're sipping on champagne while they're getting their hair done, and then they're having their session done. I mean, like. Mm -hmm. next level experience, right? Oh, yeah. So oh, it's yeah. something to consider, but I just, just keep that in, in the back of your mind. What I would suggest to you, 
and, and again, this is a slightly different uh, episode of Brand Position Consult than we do a lot of times where we're actually coming up with a specific brand position. What I would suggest to you is kind of some next steps is a couple of different things. Number one, I would, I would make the assumption at this point that studio portrait photography is actually going to probably be the focus, um, at, at least if we're, if we're basing it on your two interests, your two primary interests, and certainly what you're already photographing, and we're looking at market opportunity. Studio portrait photography enables you the most opportunity, it looks like. Not, not only because of, of course, the, the seasonal issues and the weather there, but ultimately mm -hmm. looking at your marketplace as well. No, nobody is really owning that space. Um, I did see one, one studio portrait photographer that had a really interesting, it was very compelling. Like I wanted to get a session done. Uh, but <laughs> they had, they, they essentially, it was almost like a modern version of glamour shots. You know what glamour shots are? Did you ever hear of those? Oh yeah. People oh, just yeah. get done up, they're like really, really fancy over the top. What they, what they were essentially doing was offering, um, they, they, on their site, what was so compelling is they had these before-afters. So here's this person before they get their hair done and dressed in really nice clothes and photographed beautifully in a portrait in, in a studio. Here's what they look like before, and here's what they look like after. And the transformation Ooh. was just beautiful and super, super compelling. Wow. Now, I don't, I don't think that particular photographer had any clear and distinct brand position. They have a really incredible opportunity to, but they didn't really have one. That's the only studio portrait photographer out of the 70, 75 listings or so that I saw that, that, that even made any impact. So even if you only have one primary competitor, that's still not a bad gig to have, right? The question is then how do you position yourself against them? If they're literally the only other person, you gotta position yourself against them. But what I would recommend to you is, again, next steps is number one, with the, with the assumption that the biggest opportunity lies in studio portrait photography, Mm -hmm. Spend some time, two, three, four, five X, what I did yesterday, and really study your marketplace and look at how, what studio, what type of studio photography service that you can offer that would truly enable you to stand out, to have a unique brand position in comparison to the, the competition that is offering studio portrait photography. So I would do that, okay. number one. And, and, Get a notebook or your phone or whatever, however you normally take notes and make some detailed notes about what you're seeing. Looking, again, specifically at studio portrait photography. And, and in fact, when I did that search yesterday, I did a generic search because I knew that our conversation could go potentially multiple directions, right? You, you hadn't even quite decided what genre to, to focus on yet. So this is a broader so conversation. Yeah, and it's all, and it's all good. Nothing wrong with so that. So many, so many. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. There's so many photographers in a very similar position. So that's totally fine. So I did a generic search. In, in as part of your research, what I would suggest doing is maybe not not just looking at that phrase that I searched yesterday, which was I'll double check it here was Providence, Rhode Island photographers. I would I would search Providence, Rhode Island studio photographer or studio photographers, studio photography and see the options that come up there. Start to make some notes. Look at the the um, the way that they're communicating, the copy that they're using on their site to communicate their studio portrait work. Uh, this, what they're charging for that work, because you can also consider that, you know, the possibility of what kind of what slot you're going to fit yourself into, whether it's, it's that premium service or a mid-level kind of everyday level service or even targeting mm -hmm. the low end market. There might be opportunity there if you do it right and you can run a business really, really efficiently. But look at look at how they're offering their service, how they're talking about their service, what they're charging for that service and make some really detailed notes so that you can then begin to put together a picture of what it is that you could do as a studio portrait photographer to set yourself apart from that potential competition. Absolutely. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. The other thing, 100%. I know that you and I just DM'd briefly back and forth yesterday about this, but you still have an opportunity to also establish a business name. So as you're considering the brand position, consider the business name as well. Now, if, if, you, if you want this brand to be built on your name, your goal might be just to simply name it after yourself. And that could be simple enough. Um, you do have a bit of competition, and I'll, I'll share what I mean by that here in just a second. But you may just be naming your business after your name. If you don't intend to sell this thing in you know, 10 years, for example, um, once you've, you've got an established studio and you're okay with it being tied to your name specifically, do that. If there's an opportunity to create a brand that ultimately you want to sell in 10 years and you want to be able to have employees there and that brand could go on even if you're not around, you want to scale it to something that you could sell, then in that case, you need to consider a name that would enable you to do that. That doesn't necessarily tie the brand to your name specifically. But as you're considering the position, you also want to consider the business name. And part of considering the business name is also looking to see what URLs are available, right? What, what um, domains yeah. are available. And I, I don't know if you've done this, but I, I did a search for you yesterday. So I was on, on GoDaddy and let me pull this up really quick. So first of all, 
joshnavarrophotography.com is taken. Yep. Um, joshnavarro.com is taken. jnavarro.com is taken. joshuanavarro.com is $1,400. Uh, navarrophotography.com is $2,500. Jay, and, and you might want to go grab this as soon as we get done here, but jnavarrophotography.com is available. Um, hey. So you might you might pick that up for you know, the $20 or whatever. And of course, you can look at different extensions, domain extensions as well. Dot photography is an option, and you might be able to get any of those that I just mentioned with the dot photography extension. The only caveat is you just you don't know if somebody's going to actually type in .com instead of dot .photography and they land on somebody else's website, right? So you have to mm -hmm. you have to think about those kinds of details. Super so careful. you have an opportunity to to, to establish a, a business name here. Those are something those are some of the things you want to consider as you're also looking at the opportunity in the marketplace to position yourself uniquely. Yeah. Um so far I've been using the tag J J Entertainment because it's just not only photography. I I, I have other talents too that I okay. provide, but um, you know, I, I kind of stumbled and was like, maybe J, JN photography will be kind of like simplified, but it's like, no, uh, what you showed me yesterday was like, I was laughing so hard. I was Somebody like, oh, else shoot. has the domain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dang it. They beat me to it. So I'm really trying to be a little bit unique, but like you said, simple that anybody can find me and just be embraced with the talent that, that I could give. I would encourage you to do two things. Number one, be specific. I understand yes. you have other talent sets, and that's that's incredible, actually. My suggestion to you would be to be specific, be very focused, like we were talking about today, i.e., oh, yeah. if you've got other entertainment talents, that's great, but don't mix that with the photography business. So, mm -hmm. so that for a potential client, when they're, they're like entertainment, they're, they may almost immediately write that off because they don't hear photography in that. Right. So my suggestion to you would be establish a brand that is photography specific. If you've got other talents, establish brands that are specific to those particular talent set. If you're offering services uh, via those talent sets as well, just be super specific with the photography brand. And, and unless you're going to use your name, um, give it a tie that tie the word photography or photo to it just so that there's specificity associated with that. At the very least for the for the business name and ideally for the domain name as well. The other thing mm -hmm. to do is to consider is. You don't want to create a, a, a domain name or to, to pick a domain name that's extremely long where people are just endlessly typing you know, to type the thing out. So you're going to have to be a little bit creative there, too, just to make sure that you're not picking one that's too long to type. You want to make it easy. You always want to make it easy for people to understand, to find, and even to type in the domain name, too. So just of keep course. that in mind uh, going forward. Appreciate the advice. Thank you. Yeah, and I know that's a lot, and we only you know, spent no. about an hour doing this, and there's a lot more we could get into. Maybe there's opportunity once you, you take the time, Josh, to do this research and begin to establish a direction for yourself. We could even come back and do a round two and, and get into even more specifics about, about the actual position statement. I'd, I'd love to do that. Uh, but I really appreciate your willingness to come on the show today and, and uh, be a bit vulnerable, too, and just kind of sharing where you're at in your business. Uh, we had a couple of comments actually from Wool was on YouTube. He said, "Very glad that this platform exists for photographers. Happy for you, Jay." And then, <laughs> and then he also said, "Great point. Different skill sets require different branding." Yeah, and, and I think specificity is always important, especially if we're trying to establish a distinct brand position. Let's not try to mix too many different things together. Hundred percent. All right. Sure. Well, this has been good. I'm excited, and I'm excited for you because, again, looking at your marketplace, there's some really great opportunity out there. Um, now it's just a matter of, of picking what that focus is going to be. And then we can come back to actually picking that position statement too. Of course. Can't wait for round two. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, I appreciate everybody who's listened in today and watched uh, as well. And if you've got any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, don't hesitate, hesitate to uh, reach out to us at newbie podcast, N O O B I E podcast. Yeah, that's right. We got it. Josh. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for doing this for everybody. Of course. Till next time.